Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my latest podcast episode, I update you on the quarterly performance of the vitamin shop and explain why a lot has changed fast for the specialty supplement retailer. But before we get started, I would love if you took 55 seconds out of your day to leave a rating review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. I never imagined the prediction would come true so quickly, but it's time to explain what the post-Sharon Lighty era looks like at the vitamin shop. I'll get to my thoughts around that introductory statement a bit later in this video, but I did want to run through some basic financial information that was just reported in the quarterly earnings report and then the associated conference call for the period ending December 31st of 2022. I'll also grab any kind of relevant publicly disclosed information on the vitamin shop so I can better glue my supplement market insights together. But for those that are unaware, the vitamin shop is no longer a standalone public company. So if you are looking for the stock ticker, I believe it used to be VSI and it's not pulling up, it's because the retailer was acquired in late 2019 by a publicly traded holding company named Franchise Group, which has the stock ticker FRG. Franchise Group owns an assortment of retail assets that obviously includes the vitamin shop, but also Pet Supplies Plus, American Freight, Buddy's Home Furnishings, Badcock Furniture, and Sylvan Learning. Being that the CFO of the Franchise Group doesn't like to break out a lot of the segment level financial details, as always, this content will be softer on those financial numbers, but more focused on actionable strategic information about the vitamin shop, which in the end is probably more valuable to my community anyways, right? So let's start at that segment level financial data to give you a basis of information on how the specialty supplement retailer has performed in this latest quarter and then also for the entire 2022 calendar year since this is the quarter four report. The vitamin shop's Q4 revenue was $292.8 million, which was up 6.6% year over year, but down about 1.3% on a quarter over quarter sequential basis. For the entire 2022 calendar year, the vitamin shop had revenue of $1.21 billion, and this was up around 3% year over year. Firstly, just to kind of comment on that 2022 full year kind of revenue number, this is basically a number that matches the top performance by the vitamin shop has ever kind of had, and with about 20% less stores than they had about seven years ago when they reached that revenue number. So kudos to them on that achievement, but I also wanted to give some perspective on the kind of positive 3% growth in 2022. Is that good? Well, we don't have any like apples to apples comparisons since GNC is a private company now, but if you do look at like mass retailers like Walmart and Target, the vitamin shop did a little bit better than Target and about half as good as Walmart in 2022. Does that tell you anything substantial? I don't know, but I know many of you probably don't watch retail earnings like a hawk like me, and hopefully that gave you some like extra context to that data point. Now, as for the same store comps for the quarter, Franchise group management on the call 
Didn't really note too much, just saying that the vitamin shop had positive year-over-year same-store comps. I would imagine that's coming from price increases and not positive purchase volume or foot traffic, but that wasn't confirmed throughout the financial documents. Digital sales accounted for 24% of the total revenue in 2022, which means the e-commerce channel does about $290 million annually at the vitamin shop. Gross profit decreased approximately 85 basis points year-over-year year to 44.4%. This is due to increased transportation and fuel costs and higher sales for sports nutrition products, which traditionally have lower merchandise margins. Operating profit in the quarter was $4 million, which was down heavy on a quarter-over-quarter quarter sequential basis, but that's kind of a typical trend within the vitamin shop's retail model and specialty merchandising category. For the entire 2022 calendar year, the vitamin shop had an operating profit of $57 million, which was down substantially 29% year-over-year on a tough year overall. The vitamin shop ended the quarter at 704 stores overall in their system, which is up two from the previous quarter, but the store count was down seven year-over-year. All but two of those store locations currently in the fleet are corporate-owned, but the vitamin shop franchising continues to build momentum with the total franchise location backlog to 55 stores. I want to kind of next shift into a quick merchandising update. If you haven't consumed my previous content on the vitamin shop, this has become the section where I basically highlight notable new brands and or product additions and share any patterns that could signal future opportunities for the supplement brand owners that do consume my content. Similar to the last time, I'm still seeing a collection of significant sports and active nutrition merchandising additions. And this decision makes a lot of sense to me as there have been like several mentions about the growing importance of that merchandising category to the vitamin shop over the last year or two. So what am I seeing? More energy drinks for one, the new prime energy that just launched was added, which builds off the massive success the vitamin shop has had with the hydration RTDs in 2022. You also had ABE or all black everything entering the coolers. This is an applied nutrition sub-brand that's now being run domestically by supplement industry veteran TJ Humphreys that founded ProSups. ABE also landed its powdered supplements on the vitamin shop shelves. Another energy drink and powdered supplement addition was G Fuel. This launch likely signals the vitamin shop is dipping its toes again into the esports and gaming supplement market. As for the biggest brand addition recently, that would be my protein launching a select assortment of products in the vitamin shop. To my knowledge, this is the first US brick and mortar retail partnership for the largest digital sports nutrition brand globally. Another interesting addition was Clean Eats, the ready-to-eat meals company that would provide a like five-meal variety box of its top sellers. While this is an online-only launch at this time, it might signal that the vitamin shop is interested in testing more convenient meal options in store to combat the moves GNC has made with Real Eats. Finally, you had a number of ready-to-eat snack additions, and I don't want to kind of mention all of them, but I did want to use my platform to highlight a small female-owned brand, Toto, that launched four flavors of a plant-based protein and gut-friendly cookie into the vitamin shop. Since I'm connected with Toto's founder, Sydney Webb, on LinkedIn, I'm going to reach out to get her on for some deeper content because she has a very kind of inspiring and interesting personal and professional story. Maybe this is a good transition to talk about how the booming supplement market 
has brought an increasingly larger number of beauty brands that are looking to get in on the action. The vitamin shop has done a great job at creating a unique inside-outside approach to its beauty set. It believes in this runway potential so much that it recently launched an extension of its True You private label brand. If you remember from the 2021 quarter four content that I made about a year ago, I talked about how True You was one of the most significant private brand launches in the vitamin shop's 45-year history. While it started as an innovative and extensive assortment of supplements that caters to the unique and evolving needs of women through every stage of their lives, it was more than just product attributes. It was about actually building a strategic narrative that can create emotional connections. That's why it was easier for the vitamin shop to meet True You customers where they were, which is viewing beauty through the lens of holistic wellness and launch a collection of body washes, scrubs, lotions, body butters, and more. And since we are talking about private labels, it's important to mention that the vitamin shop continues to put major emphasis in this area. Private brands now make up 27% of the total 2022 revenue, which is up more than five percentage points year over year. This focus makes a lot of sense when you consider its long-term vision of being a larger kind of mix of franchise store locations within its total store fleet. Next, I want to talk about an interesting like duality of news articles. On the one hand, we have the Retail Next store analytics platform talking about how their centralized data dashboard has been able to help the vitamin shop overcome labor shortages and maximize payroll efficiency. And then on the other hand, we have a few store-level employees filing a class action lawsuit alleging violations of the Fair Labor Standards Act that include wage theft practice that was worsened by its chronic understaffing issues. While I'm not here to validate those allegations or how a technology was or was not involved, I do find this to be a possible like interesting trend as labor costs go up and technology becomes more powerful. I would pontificate for several minutes about the rise of the machines and what that can mean, but this content is about the vitamin shop. So I'm going to now shift into what I was referring to in that introductory statement. If you did watch the last quarterly content about the vitamin shop that I put out, you would have heard this at the very end. Here's a prediction that I hope doesn't come true. The average tenure of a large company CEO in America is around seven years. In terms of the average age of an American publicly traded company CEO, Sharon is right at that average. So what does this mean? Despite the franchise group shielding the amazing performance from Clearview, the business world has noticed the amazing job that Sharon has done at the vitamin shop. So She's likely been fielding calls about a new challenge or maybe a bigger opportunity. Don't know that to be true. Don't want to see that happen at all. But here I am sharing my hunch. Well, that hunch turned into reality just two months later. As Sharon always would joke with me about, she often felt like I had a recording device in her office because many of my predictions about the vitamin shop seem to come true. On a more serious note though, in the four and a half years that Sharon was the CEO of the vitamin shop, she was able to create a much stronger and resilient company. Even if she set the vitamin shop up for success, 
she will be missed greatly at the specialty supplement retailer. Now, taking over the CEO role at the vitamin shop will be Lee Wright, or at least he's filling those shoes right now. I say that because he's also the chief commercial officer for the parent company franchise group. Lee came up through the kind of private equity and accounting finance ranks before becoming the CFO and then the COO of the specialty consumer durable home goods retailer, Cons Home Plus. I mentioned that background for kind of two reasons. Yes, he is very capable of doing a good job at the vitamin shop, and I hope to kind of officially meet him soon. But also, it is like a really good transition into some quick final thoughts that will connect Lee's current company with his old one. It was recently noted that Franchise Group was eyeing a potential deal to acquire cons to further consolidate the home kind of furniture or furnishings market. Also, in a separate news story, Wall Street Journal reported that the Franchise Group could be looking at a management buyout. If you're not familiar with that term, it's just what it sounds like. It's when a company's existing leadership team works together to purchase either a total or a majority stake of a business. If true, and the entire franchise group portfolio is taken private, it would mark the sad end to our quarterly The Vitamin Shop content series as I would no longer have publicly disclosed clarity into retail operations. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 